What's up, guys? Eli Azo, the EliAzo.com. Welcome back. Thank you all for joining me for episode two of the podcast. And for everyone who listened to episode one, I appreciate you. I got a lot of good messages and comments from people who listened. So that felt really good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it more than you know. Yeah, I got a lot of messages from new listeners, from people I used to work with in news. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. And we're also doing stuff on YouTube. So if you're uh, just listening to the audio version of this show, you can also get the video version on YouTube. It's The Eli Azo. You can probably just put my name in in the search feature and it should pop up. So, yeah, if you want to subscribe to that, we'll also do some we'll put a video podcast up as well. And we're also going to do other videos on the YouTube channel. So, yeah, make sure you tune in there um, to stay up to date with some of the other stuff we do other than the podcast. I'm going to break the fourth wall here, guys. The hardest part about this is carrying the show by myself. I want this just to be a hang, me and you guys talking, just hanging out, shooting the shit. That's what I want this to be like. But when you don't have anyone to talk to, that's probably the hardest part. I would love to just get one of my buddies and put them on the show with me. But most people get nervous and they clam up whenever the camera's on. I told my girlfriend I was going to make her the my co-host. She works in TV also, but behind the scenes. She's someone who is uh, very shy, doesn't want to be on camera. She's always wanted to be behind the camera, which is rare. Most people want to be the star. She's someone who the whole time has always wanted to be behind the camera. I told her I was going to make her my co-host, but I wasn't going to split the money with her. And whenever the show got big, I was going to replace her with someone better. And she said, okay. And so, yeah, I may, you may hear that one. Could you imagine doing a show with, I think, I think comedian Bobby Lee does a show with his girlfriend. I think the show, I don't listen to Bobby Lee. I hear he's a great comic. I don't listen to his podcast, but I'm pretty sure he did a show with his girlfriend and they ended up breaking up. Could you imagine doing a pod? And the show is still going on. I believe no chance I could do that. Shout out to Bobby Lee. No chance I could do that. Hooking up with your co-host and then you guys break. And then it was like a, it was like a real relationship. It wasn't just like a hookup. And I think she's hot. And he's someone who looks like a Bobby Lee. Someone with the name Bobby Lee. But yeah, no, no way I could do that. I think, I think she also does a podcast about hooking up with guys. She does one of those like not slut shaming podcasts, whatever you like a feminist podcast. It's so funny. You guys, chicks are always late to the party. We start the NBA. You guys want an NBA. Howard Stern does shows about sex. Girls start doing shows about sex. We start voting. You guys want to start voting. Yeah, you chicks are always late to the party. It's funny how those are a thing now. Like that's the the thing to do. The not slut shaming podcast. Because when I grew up, I I grew up listening to Howard Stern. He was like my god. I used to jerk off to Howard Stern on E. That's how sexy, that's how hot his shows were. He would have strippers and porn stars on. And this was, you got to remember, this was revolutionary. He was like the first to do this. And his show would come on late at night on E. I think it was like 11 or 12. Wait for everyone else to go to sleep. Make sure no one was around and turn E on. Yeah, his show was so hot. He would have, I think he would have porn stars on his show, riding a Sibian, which is like a the Sibian was like this machine that the girls would sit on that would like give them an orgasm. It was basically like a, a saddle with like a vibrator on it. And the porn stars would come on and pretend to like they knew what the hell they were listening to it. 
So they knew what to say to get everyone turned on. But then so he would do his radio show. He was a, a, a morning radio show host. But then late at night, uh, a smaller version of his show would come on the E channel, like E News. And they would put all like they would blur out stuff because it was on cable, but it was still super hot. And he had a lot of ripoffs. There were a lot of guys that started doing that. Oh, they did, you know, the sex thing. So he kind of, Howard Stern went away from that. But back then it was huge. But there was, there was never a chick talking about the guys she was having sex with on, on a, on a podcast or like a radio show. Never. It was a lot of guys. But now the thing is, is girls talking about the guys they've hooked up with. Like I was listening to one of them is called the guys we fucked podcast. And it's hosted by these two chicks and it's every podcast they interview someone they hooked up with. And I'm like, what is that? A mini series? How fucking long can that show go? But yeah, that's the thing. It's anti slut shaming. You shouldn't shame them for being a slut. And guys have sort of went away from that. Or I don't know, maybe if I was still 17, 18, like when I first started listening to Howard Stern, maybe there is a Howard Stern for Gen Zers, and I just don't know it. I don't know. But I know the the girls hooking up with guys podcast is really big. Anyway, so, yeah, I got a lot of great messages from you guys. I got some haters, some comments, like some people who sound like Ivory Hecker fans. And shout out to Ivory. I don't want this to be anything don't say any bad comments about her let her do her thing no one you know go and attack her but i got a lot of messages from people who were like well how do you know hydroxychloroquine doesn't work and i'm like you're right i that's true i don't know i don't know if hydroxychloroquine works but the difference between me and you is you want to put it on the news as if it does work i'm saying we don't put it on the news because we don't i wish it would work I'm not against it. I, I hope we I hope every I hope Tylenol works against COVID. But we can't put it on the news and act like it works if we don't fucking know. Oh, and by the way, Project Veritas is back in the news, guys. It's another one of their classics. And by the way, before we even get into that, let me be very clear. I don't want this to become a political thing. This has nothing to do with politics for me. Even though let's keep it real. If Fox News is not far right enough for you, bro. Come on. But for some reason, you're either on team ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine or against them. And I'm saying I don't know if those drugs work. I hope they do. I hope every drug works against COVID. I just understand why Fox is hesitant to put them on the news as a possible treatment against COVID when we don't know their efficacy. Anyway. Let's watch this newest expose and maybe let's see who's the one with a carefully crafted narrative. Okay. And for those who don't know, this newest report involves a school in Connecticut, I believe. Meet Jeremy Boland, the assistant principal at Cost Cobb Elementary in Greenwich, Connecticut. Oh, assistant principal Boland, you poor fuck. You're about to get into a battle you are not prepared for, my friend. Project Veritas is like Thanos, and you're the Avenger with the bow and arrow. By the way, how, how did that guy get in the fucking group? Even Scarlett Johansson has a gun. And that dude, he has a basic-ass name. There's the Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, the God of Thunder, and then there's Clint. Clint. <laughs> Clint. That's his fucking name. Stanley is fucking with us on that one. Every time they get into a fight, Captain America gets pissed. Yo, who brought Clint again? Clint, go home, man. We're about to get into a fight with a giant purple alien who has an army and wants to wipe out half the universe. And you brought your fucking bow and arrow again. They're constantly having to rescue his ass. How the fuck? Did Clint get in the Avengers, bro? <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get back to the video. 
Boland met up with one of her undercover journalists and revealed stunning discriminatory hiring practices as well as his politicized beliefs on how his school should be run. Okay, why do I feel like your undercover journalist has big giant tits, though? I can't get past the parents anymore. What do you mean? So the parents feel as though it's their responsibility to shape the schools, which then shape the kids. Right. So because I can't get past the parents, do I really have as much of an influence as on the kids as I want? I try in my own way, but right now my job is to hire the right teachers. Okay, we're starting off light. I don't have any problem with what he's saying. In fact, he's basically telling her, sounds to me like he's like, look, how much influence do I really have on a kid anyway? You could tell she asked a prodding question about his job, though. How does some shit like that just come up on a first day? Let's keep going. Teachers. Teaching them how to think. Mm-hmm. That's it. Doesn't matter what they think about it. If they think about it in a logical, progressive way, that becomes their own. Like, a, so you kind of like do it until they get a more liberal mm-hmm. Oh, that's an evil ass bitch. Look at her putting words in his mouth. And this dumbass just going along with whatever she says. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That mm, says it all for me. Assistant Principal Bolin will say anything right now. All us guys have been there. And that's how you get away with it? Now listen to her and tell me she's not being flirty and playful. Listen to what she's saying and tell me it doesn't sound like she's being flirty. Oh, bro, listen to that. She's so DTF right now. And that's how you get away with it? That's how you get away with it. And how do you make sure the parents don't find out? They can find out, so long as you never mention the politics. This poor bastard is telling her everything she wants to hear. Listen to her and tell me this doesn't sound like she's into him. Oh, Assistant Principal Bolin with his big powerful job at the elementary school. Do we work for the parents or do we work for the kids? You tell me. We work for the kids. So it's not about the parents? It shouldn't be. I don't think. Okay. Let me tell you guys something. Especially all you females out there. Listen up. Some of the fellas are aware of what I'm about to say. A pretty chick can get a horny dude like assistant principal Boland here to do basically anything she wants. This dude will say anything right now to impress this chick. Beyonce, like like Beyonce could get me to do anything if I thought I had a chance with her. I would talk shit about my mother to bang Beyonce. You know what, B? She is a bitch. Now that I'm thinking about it, you're right. Shout out to her for the acting. She's putting in a Meryl Streep-esque performance here. She's doing really good. Ask me as if you're angry. Like, what are some of the questions you ask? Oh, she even has him playing little games. Let's pretend we're doing an interview. She's so interested in this dude's job. I don't think my girl is that into my work now that I think about it. Bro, at what point are you a little suspicious? Like, how many hot chicks? get wet hearing about an assistant principal's day. And this fucking guy is an elementary school assistant principal. He's like, wow, she doesn't think I'm a dork. Now I just have to make myself sound cool. And you know the stuff they cut out is this chick talking shit about conservatives and and making it clear she's liberal as fuck. This dude didn't think anything he was saying right now was shocking. Trust me, he would not have risked his chances. No one should talk politics first day. Hell, me and my girl still argue about politics today. And for those of you just listening, in the video, you can see them out on a lunch or dinner date. The poor bastard has no idea he's being recorded. Ask me as if you're angry. Like, what are some of the questions you ask? So, um... He doesn't even know what the fuck to say. Oh, she's got him right where she wants him. This dude will say anything right now to impress this chick. She's playing him like a fiddle. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. I think one of the questions that might start the is something about 
You let them explain, and then you move on to the next question. <laughs> but then eventually the outcome of that. So like you would listen to this fucking chick. See, guys, this is why I say this is them making the news they want. She just keeps on pushing, keeps on prodding until she gets the fucking answer she wants. I haven't hired one yet. <laughs> and would you have anything? I don't think so. It's just that, that stuck mindset. He thought she was going to love that. He's straight up saying that just for her. I would never hire a conservative. If you're willing to say that on a first fucking date, then no wonder you're single, bro. He's definitely saying that thinking it's straight up for her. He's saying that to impress her. And would you have anything? I don't think so. It's just that, that stuck mindset. By the way, if you're worried about the political beliefs of your child's teacher, and let's just say you're super conservative and you don't want a liberal teaching your kid, that's fine. I get it. It's your child. Here's a tip, though. Don't send them to fucking school in Greenwich, Connecticut. Odds are, if you live in Greenwich, Connecticut, most of your neighbors are going to be liberal. That might be the most liberal state in the country. Guys, look at the dress she's wearing in this. That's the undercover journalist, by the way. She's clearly showing boobage, but the sides of her dress are cut out too. She's even showing side boobage. If you're just listening, you have to at least see this. You know what? I'm going to post a clip of it on my Instagram. I have to. You got to see this. Follow me, by the way, at the Eli Azo. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm sure that's how all journalists dress. It means nothing. It means nothing, side boobage. So have you found like that certain religions tend to be more right-wing? Oh. See? Guys, what's more interesting to me and what I really want to know is this chick's story. Forget about all this shit. Breaking news. A Connecticut assistant principal is a Democrat and he's horny. No, I want to know how they set this dude up. Did they find him on a dating app or did someone set the two of them up? What's their game plan on something like this? Maybe that's the move. Just get on the dating apps and go after single, middle-aged men and hope they have a job that Project Veritas can take advantage of and exploit? And what's her story? Does she really work for Project Veritas? Like, do they have a stable of hot chicks just sitting on deck, waiting for their turn to play some old sucker? Or maybe they outsource and hire a hot chick to wear a hidden camera and be the undercover journalist. See, these are the things I want to know. They can keep all of their conspiracy theories. That shit's more interesting to me. The lady that got caught setting up the Washington Post and tried setting up a few other media outlets. One of the ways she got caught was the Washington Post reporter went back and looked at some of her old Facebook posts and somewhere she posted something like, yeah, I'm moving to New York City to expose the liberal media. And that's what sort of was a red flag for the Washington Post. So that's what I want to know. Is Project Veritas hiring chicks just for that? They're assassins. They're media assassins. Liberal media assassins with big giant tits. All right. <laughs> Let's finish up our date with Assistant Principal Bowen. I wonder if he's going to get lucky. I'm so invested. It's like Carrie and Mr. Big. I want to see how it turns out. So then what do you do with a Catholic? So you find out someone is Catholic. <laughs> so would you ever hire a Catholic though? I agree, but why not? <laughs> I agree, but why not? Oh, look at her. I agree, but why not? I agree, but why not? 
So it's like you present everything in a way that's like subconsciously influencing the kids to vote liberal in a way, but it's not doing it in such an explicit way to where the parents can actually get mad at you for it. Right? <laughs> Look at his face right now when she goes right. He's like, fuck, this bitch is crazy, but whatever. I guess what, what, what maybe what happened there was she couldn't get him to say something that damning. So she says it and makes sure to go, that's what you think, right? He's like, yeah, sure, babe. Why not? So you want to get out of here? Have you had a lot of right-wingers applying? So you kind of like get them to think in a more liberal way. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get away with it? And how do you make sure the parents don't find out? They can find out, so long as you never mention politics. You can influence them to almost like be mad at the Supreme Court in a way without telling them to be mad at the Supreme Court. Right, which they probably will. And then later down the, the line, they're going to vote Democrat. And you will have done a great service to our country. Now, listen to her amping him up. He doesn't even believe it. He's like, I hope. Oh, Assistant Principal Bowen, you're so big and powerful. It's like you're a Supreme Court justice. Let me remind you guys, Bowen isn't even the guy. He's the assistant principal. I think I read the governor or someone's calling for an investigation into this guy. I feel so bad for him. And then, yeah, any guy out there who's ever tried to impress a chick to get laid should too. This poor fuck, he woke up all alone one morning, put his assistant principal uniform on, pours a bowl of Cheerios, and then turns on the news and sees himself fucking all over the place. He was not prepared for this. He's like, yo, I'm not even the principal, bro. For those of you who listened to episode one of the podcast, you may remember I worked at two TV stations when I worked in news. So I had two different news directors and they were polar opposites. One of them, I don't think knew my name. The other was super involved. I wouldn't call her a micromanager, but she definitely had a vision for the station and how she wanted run. And for those of you who don't know, the news director is in charge of all programming and everything we create. She would call me on the phone all the time uh, or send me text messages just to talk about the show. Mind you, I was just an associate producer. I didn't even have my own show. Now, me, I tell you this, because meanwhile, our assistant news director, I spoke to her maybe twice in my life, maybe. I think both of those times were when they were recruiting me and during my interview process. I remember her running a few production meetings here and there, but other than that, I'm not sure what she did. We were all convinced it was that way because the news director wanted it that way. She, our news director, was such a dominant personality and wanted things her way that she didn't want an assistant news director with an opinion. So she, let her do all the paperwork and administrative tasks, but she didn't have any real power at the station. She wasn't running anything. And I say that because how the hell do we know it isn't the exact same thing for Assistant Principal Boland here? If politics and religion are supposed to be kept out of the classroom, why are these factors used in affecting Boland's hiring decisions at Costco? Why are these factors being used? And Bolin's hiring practices. This fucking guy is starting to get on my nerves, too. 
I don't know why the Project Veritas guy annoys the hell out of me now. But listen to him trying to do his best news guy impression. Bro, they don't talk like that on the news anymore. They try to keep it cool and conversational. It's not 1960. Who are you, fucking Tom Brokaw? No, you're Tom Brokenjaw. That's how you fucking sound, dude. Okay, guys, I hope everyone sees what's going on here. I saw this clip everywhere, including major news outlets. And Project Veritas, I got to give it up to them because they're really good at what they do and have millions of followers. Trust me, I'm starting to feel their wrath online. But you can't fall for it. This is why you can't just believe everything you see online. And and that goes for everything you're being told or reported, including me right now. Always have a bit of skepticism and be an analytical thinker. Think for yourself. That way you can see through the bullshit and you have to go beyond just what they're showing you and want you to see. Is this story the same if Project Veritas tells us they set this dude up? Why'd they leave that part out? Why didn't they include that? As far as Assistant Principal Boland, I mean, unless there's clear evidence of him discriminating against the teacher or something egregious like that, take it easy on him. I'm sure most of the fucking parents in Greenwich, Connecticut agree with him anyway. Let him put on his khakis and penny loafers and go back to the elementary school. What is he? In charge of two dozen teachers, maybe? And hey, as far as the Catholic thing goes, he's doing you and your child a favor. Trust me, I was raised Catholic and even had to go to Sunday school. Oh my God, did father fucking stink, too. Good thing he didn't try to put his finger in my ass. No way I'm letting that dude fuck me. He was old and smelled like Ben Gay or something. I don't even know what it was, but I still remember it to this day. It's haunting me now. He smelled like an antibiotic ointment or something. All the kids my age were afraid to even talk to him. We didn't understand why all the adults revered and respected him so much. He was just this stinky old man who smelled like a first aid kit to us. So before you go and punish Assistant Principal Bolin, remember, he did you and your kid a solid. Trust me, when he gets my age, he'll thank you. Here's a question for you guys. And if you're a journalism professor, sit this one out. This is for all my non-journalism professor listeners. How do you want the news presented to you? Do you want just the straight facts? Or do you want someone to interpret those facts? And before you answer, think about this one. Because I think most people have a go-to. But think about it. And I'll give you an example on what I'm talking about. There are people out there who think the earth is flat. The flat earthers. I don't know what the hell they think. If they think if you just keep walking, there's like an edge and you just fall off. I'd, I'd love to. I've never gotten that deep into it. But they think the world is flat. And you can't convince them otherwise. Now, I think it's stupid to think the earth is flat. I think the earth is round. If I had to teach a class on how I know the earth is round, I really couldn't do that. I know that if you go east, if you fly east and you keep going, eventually you'll end up west and making a complete circle. But beyond that, that's about as scientific as I can get. That's the most facts I think I know when it comes to the earth being round. But there are people who are smarter than me who know that the earth is not flat, and I just take their word for it. 
Now, that is someone who's interpreting the facts. A scientist is telling me, look, we've done all these. Obviously, there's like a fucking satellite taking pictures in orbit. But let's stick away from that. I think they have other ways to know that the Earth is actually round. But I don't know how the hell they know that. I just take their word for it. Now that I'm thinking about it, the Earth may be flat. I mean, the sun comes up and it goes down. Those guys may have a point. Anyway, so that's my flat Earth example. But that's somewhere someone interpreting the facts for me. Now let's go to the Iraq WMDs example. The Bush administration told us that Saddam Hussein and Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. They told us that they were harboring terrorists, and that's why we had to invade the country. And that put us in one of the longest, I think it might have been the longest, Afghanistan or Iraq. One of them was like the longest running American war ever. And thousands of people died, right? And I think the Bush administration leaked some documents to one particular reporter at the New York Times. And she was responsible for starting the whole Iraq has WMDs thing. And it turned out to be false. That was not true. Now, she was like, I'm, I'm just giving you facts. These are the facts that the Bush administration has. And she's just reporting that. Now, did she interpret those facts? No, she just gave you the straight facts. Here are these Bush administration documents that show Iraq has WMDs. I'm giving you those. Therefore, this is why we need to go to war. Now, that's someone thinking she's just giving you the facts. That's why you have to you have to really be picky when it comes to where you get your news from in any media, really. And it shouldn't be just one side. You should always have more than one source and try to get the other point of view, too. Speaking of the Iraq war, do you remember how George W. Bush announced he was going to invade Iraq? This is great. This is what. OK, a lot of people say George W. Bush became president like when he threw out the first pitch after 9-11. Or I think I think he may have even hosted SNL afterwards, which is like a New York show and all that. A lot of people say he really became president. He was on ground zero a few days after the attacks. And he started, he stopped and he spoke to a whole bunch of firefighters and first responders on like a bullhorn. Someone captured it on video. This nation stands with the good people of New York City and New Jersey and Connecticut as we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens. I can hear you! A lot of people say that's when he became president. No, 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 fuck that. All that. No, nah. that's not when he became my president. George W. Bush became my president when he announced how he was going to invade Iraq. This might be the most gangster move I've ever seen. And I, I, I actually really followed this. There, HBO did a miniseries or like a. Was it a miniseries or a docu-series? One of those, whatever it was. HBO did one on the, the Hussein family. And it, it sort of shows how Saddam Hussein rose to power. And it follows his family. They called it the Sopranos of Iraq. And it sort of follows um, Saddam Hussein's rise to power and his two sons, one of which, like the oldest, is always trying to get his father's approval. 
the youngest is like this psychopath who's on like coke binges and going through the country chopping people's heads and hands off um and it follows the daughters and his wife it was really good highly recommend if you have hbo go or hbo max whatever whatever one is hbo is calling it now if you have that definitely worth checking out highly recommend that series it was really good i think it was like a seven or eight part series it was really good i loved it but the show starts with how george w bush went on camera a presidential address and gave an ultimatum he said he was giving saddam hussein and both of his sons 48 hours to leave Iraq. Basically, he said, that's mine's now. That's mine's, mine's, that's mine's now. That's what he said. He goes, failure to do so will result in military action or something like that. It was, it was the most OG move I've ever seen. Like, I know there's like a, for all my people in Iraq, there's like a language barrier. Let me translate. The boys are coming. And that's mine's now. <laughs> what's great, what's really great about it, and why it's also like the most OG move ever, is it was also simulcast in Iraq as it was live in the United States, and it was being simulcast in Iraq and translated in Iraqi. So it's almost like, you know, like a sci-fi movie where like the aliens take over or the invaders, whoever just take over your technology. It was almost like that. He like took over the technology in Iraq. And so speaking of that HBO series, that's how it starts. It starts with the real footage of Saddam Hussein and his sons and his old administration watching the TV in Iraq. And seeing George W. Bush give him this ultimatum. My fellow citizens, events in Iraq have now reached the final days of decision. For more than a decade, the United States and other nations have pursued patient and honorable efforts to disarm the Iraqi regime without war. All the decades of deceit and cruelty have now reached an end. Saddam Hussein and his sons must leave Iraq within 48 hours. Their refusal to do so will result in military conflict commenced at a time of our choosing. For their own safety, all foreign nationals, including journalists and inspectors, should leave Iraq immediately. Many Iraqis can hear me tonight in a translated radio broadcast. If we must begin a military campaign, it will be directed against the lawless men who rule your country and not against you. The tyrant will soon be gone, and we will not be intimidated by thugs and killers. If our enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. They used that real footage, and they also used real footage on the ground in Iraq of the missiles coming down. It's like fire falling. Really good. Definitely worth checking out. And here's also why I learned this later. A president has to give Congress a 48-hour notice if he plans to use the military. And obviously the president is the commander-in-chief, but I think that's sort of how it works. You have to give 48 hours not that you have to get a, get approval, you just have to give them the heads up. And that's why this is straight up an OG move. It's a gangster move because he's even following all the all the rules. That's mine's now. Because I'm coming with the boys, and we're taking that. That's mine's. Either you're leaving, or I'm coming with the boys, and that's mine's. Either way, it's mine's. All right, how'd we get to this? Oh, okay. So I was getting crap for the hydroxychloroquine. You want facts. Okay. Uh, I also, I got a lot of crap from people 
for saying, it was both sides. Ivory Hecker's crowd was mad at me for saying hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. And then other people got mad at me for saying the majority of media is liberal and woke. I don't care. I do fucking believe that. Here's a, like, I do think that, but here's a, a, a bigger question for you guys. Why is the majority of media liberal and woke? Like, why are, are bigger cities more tend to be more progressive and liberal than more rural areas? Why is that? Because the, if you think about it, the majority of media is going to be, they're also on the coast, so they're going to be a little bit more woke than like the middle of the country. So like New York, Los Angeles, but most, yeah, that's where most news and media are from. So why, that is weird. Why is it that if people live closer together, they tend to be more liberal? That's a weird one. It's I grew up, I was born in Chicago and Chicago is like this little blue dot amongst the sea of red. And that's how most like, what is it that they say in politics? No state is blue. It's it's the the big cities that make a state blue. So like Chicago is mostly red and then there's you know, or Illinois is mostly red. And then Chicago is like this big blue dot. And it's enough to swing the whole state. And I was downing Texas and like all of those cities are very, they're Democratic run in Texas. So like Houston and Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, all those cities are run by Democrats. But you think of Austin and you think of Greg Abbott and just Republicans. That's, that's interesting. But yeah, I think that has also something to do with why the majority of media is liberal. It's just where news organizations tend to be headquartered. I think we may be. This might be the most divided we've ever been as a country, though, guys. This might be the most. And I'm not even saying it has anything to do with Trump and politics. And I'll put all that shit to the side. That can be fucking draining. Like we're all talking about right now, Trump getting raided by the FBI at Mar-a-Lago and the left is saying, oh, finally, the right saying, oh, they overstepped their back. It's just fucking draining, bro. Who has the energy to keep up with this? Who? So put all that to the side. I'm not even talking about politics. I think just the way we get our media and news. This might be the most divided we've ever been. I remember when I was even in college. And Fox News and MSNBC were like up and running. They were mainstream news channels, but they pretended that they didn't have a slant. So Fox News. We all know Fox News is right wing and MSNBC is left wing. We know what we're getting when we are at least most viewers. If you don't know that. Fuck. But yeah, most viewers know that. But back then, Fox News and MSNBC had to pretend. Like they were neutral. Like they didn't have skin in the game. Remember that? Nowadays, Fox News is straight up. Oh, they're coming after conservatives and liberals are, oh, they're taking away your, it's like, they're like, they're not even trying to hide it anymore because that's almost the audience that they're going after. Even social media, which is, I still think TV is where the majority of people consume their media. I still think TV is one, but I think technology that's like computers, your cell phone, all that stuff. I think it just surpassed TV. But for the longest time, it was TV. But think about your social media and how divided that is, right? Like you even think about this, you even follow who you want to. So back in the day, in the 60s, 70s, 
there, how many news people were there? It was just a few. How many shows were there? Can you imagine back then when you had like a network show? I Love Lucy. The whole country was watching I Love Lucy. There wasn't thousands of shows to pick from like there is today. You just watched what was available. And so if you watched the evening news, everyone was getting the same thing. Nowadays, there's so many media sources out there. Everyone can get what they want. You don't have to get the news anymore. You can just go and find what you want and just follow that person and just stay in your own bubble and never learn, never like, here's what I'm talking about. When I say we're following whatever we want on Instagram, there's this guy, Dr. Paul Saladino. You guys know who this guy is. I love this guy. He's sort of the leader right now of the animal based diet movement, whatever you want to call that. He's sort of the face of it. He's like a big proponent of like the carnivore animal based diet. Dr. Saladino thinks that vegetables are bad for you. Not only does he think that meat and an animal based diet is the best diet, he also thinks your vegetables are not only not worth eating, but that they're actually doing harm to you. And so I see this guy, I'm, I watch this guy, I love his videos. He's like this charismatic, good looking, smart guy. And like, I'm sitting there watching him. And I'm like, fuck, he's right. He's like influencing me. And I don't know who the fuck this guy is. He could just be the best actor in the world. I don't even know if he's a doctor. He just says he's a doctor and he wears like a, a, a white coat. And so we have to think he's a doctor. It turns out he, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I, again, I love this guy. And I love like an animal-based diet, all that. But he's in business with Liver King. And him and Liver King are selling supplements, like animal-based supplements. And so I'm like, what? The, like, is he saying this because it's the, like, think about what he's saying. Vegetables are bad for everything we've been taught. Our whole, just eat more fruits and vegetables and you'll be healthier, right? No, no. All that is wrong. They're lying to you. That's not true. Vegetables are actually bad for you. We've been taught fruits and vegetables are great for you our whole life, right? Dr. Saladino is saying, eh, wrong. Throw that out. Stop eating them. And he's got thousands of followers. Liver King has millions of followers. I mean, hundreds of thousands of followers Paul Saladino has. But I don't know if he's a fucking doctor. He could just be some actor doing a really good fucking job selling us animal-based supplements. But so I went down this one day. I was telling my girlfriend about this. So one day I wake up and on my For You feed, I see Dr. Paul Saladino saying, you have to eat meat. You, that's all you can eat is meat. And then I see a vegan influencer saying she's a doctor. She's like, uh -uh, no, that's wrong. You have to eat vegetables. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, which one's right? Is it the meat based guy or is it the vegetable guy? Then there's another one saying, no, 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 you have to eat paleo. You can eat anything you want as long as it's in the paleo. No, no, no. You have to eat low carb. And then there's another one that's saying you have to stop drinking water. Your water is killing you. There's plastic. It's poisonous. There's all this stuff. You have to stop drinking water. And all these people are on Instagram. They all have blue check marks. But which fucking diet is right? They're all doctors. They all have the check mark. They all do great videos. They're all charismatic. They all have millions of followers. But which one's telling the truth? And it's, it's like you get to pick. Which one's telling the truth? We don't know which one's telling the truth, but you get to pick. You get to follow. You get to follow the one that's telling the truth. And the one with the most followers is the one we believe, right? We give that credibility, don't we? If someone has, if, if Dr. Paul Saladino had 
200 followers and not 600,000. Would we respect him the same? No, no, no. That means something now. His blue check mark means something. So, yeah, I think this might be the most, and it's not getting any better. It's not getting any better. I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch mostly everything on my phone and my computer. I think that's going to keep going. Most people my age are not going to be going to like legacy media and your traditional forms of TV. But if those, if legacy media is smart, I think they will try and take some of those people that do like podcasts and put them on like cable TV or for example, Joe Rogan was independent. He just had his YouTube channel for years and just made money off uh, YouTube revenue. And Spotify threw a whole bunch of money at him and bought him. And now he's exclusive to Spotify. So Spotify saw what was the basically the biggest show in the world and threw a whole bunch of it. So I think that's what will happen with if legacy media is smart, at least. They'll just take whoever's like the biggest guy on the Internet and put them on there. So if we keep going that way, we're just going to get more and more divided. Audiences are going to be fragmented. So I wonder if we'll ever have another Joe Rogan. So Joe Rogan gets like 10, 11 million listeners per episode of his podcast. I wonder if we'll ever have another one of those. Like someone who Howard Stern was like that in radio. He just had a huge chunk of the audience. Like the, it was like, I remember he had this in his movie or something, but it was like 80%. If you were listening to the radio from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. in Howard Stern's height, there was like an 80% chance you were listening to him. And so I think Rogan might be the last person to have that because audiences are going to be so fragmented. Everyone's just going to be in their own bubble. Oh, you believe in a vegan diet? Okay, you just follow this person. You don't need to follow Dr. Paul Saladino. He's not telling you what you want to hear. But back in the day, it was just we were all getting the same media. We were all getting the same news. So when we talked about something, it all came from the same place. But now, no. Now when you talk about the Donald Trump raid, Fox News has one bit of facts. MSNBC has the other. And so if, if those two people were to, if like the most right-wing person was to talk to the most left-wing person about it, they've got different perspectives. And obviously it's probably somewhere in the middle, but no. They're not getting the middle's perspective. They're getting told what to think. And a lot of people think Joe Rogan. A lot of people are just now catching up to Joe Rogan in the past few years. He's like really blew up. Joe Rogan has been in show business his whole life, guys. His whole life. He's what you call a seasoned comedian. I remember when he used to be a guest on the Howard Stern show. And he was actually up. He was being thought of as a possible co-host for the Howard Stern show. And it ended up going to Artie Lang. But that's how long Joe Rogan's been doing this whole radio podcast thing for decades. But people are just now catching on to him because he's like the biggest thing. But I don't know if there's ever going to be like a new podcast that can replicate that, that can just capture that much of an audience. And I love Joe Rogan, by the way. Shout out to Rogan. I've listened to him for years. That's how I, I used to listen to him on Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony. Yeah, the guy's been doing this a long ass time. And he gets a lot of shit from the news. Some of it, I guess, I get he falls into a lot of traps, too, and he goes after CNN and a lot of other media. A lot of people in media get upset with Joe Rogan 
because they say, oh, you're platforming. Some, why, why are you platforming that person? Like a lot of uh, a big argument I heard during the pandemic with people in news was they were upset. He was just putting anti-vaxxers or people that were against the vaccine on his show. And he would never have someone who was a proponent of the vaccine. And I get it. And from his point of view, he's like, look, you guys have people that are pro-vaccine on every day. Let's hear another point of view. One of the things that. In, in fairness to Rogan, Rogan's like, look, I'm just I'm just interviewing who I want to. I'm talking to the people I want to. But see, they look at him like he's got much more responsibility than just that. If you've got millions of people listening to you, you can't just say anything. And he's like, look, I'm just a guy. John Stewart. And if you listen to my first episode, you guys know how much I love John Stewart. But he used to get shit when he was the host of The Daily Show. And he would go, guys, 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 guys. Anytime he would get shaved, go, guys, 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 guys. I'm a fucking comedian, okay? I'm not a news guy. Don't hold me up to your the same standards you hold a reporter. And I always defended Jon Stewart when it came to that. Anytime someone would give him shit, I would always go, no, nah, he's a comic. You can't, you can't hold him to the same standard. I think Rogan is doing some of that, but here's the biggest difference. And when I say Rogan is doing some of that, he's like, guys, don't hold me to the same standard as the news. I'm not the news. But here's the biggest difference between Rogan and Stewart. Jon Stewart was trying to be funny. It was always about the joke. That's what Jon Stewart was after, the joke. He didn't care about the news story. He wasn't trying to inform you. Did you get informed watching him? Maybe. That wasn't his mission. His mission was to make you laugh. It's always about the joke. So if he has to kind of fudge the facts a little bit to make something funny, that's what he's going after. He's trying to make you laugh. So when he said, hey, look, I'm just a comedian, I always co-signed that. I was like, yeah, he's just a comic. Now with Rogan, Brogan is dead serious when he's talking to most of his guests. He's not like, I mean, sure, the show, it's funny at times, but I wouldn't call it a comedy show. His podcast, the majority of the time is not funny. And especially when he's talking to like these doctors and stuff that are against the vaccine and against the pandemic and all that. They're not, they're for sure not trying to be funny. So that's where I can see the difference between Joe Rogan and Jon Stewart that way. And so that's where a lot of people would say Joe Rogan has a responsibility now. And I don't know if I buy into that. And the whole, oh, you're pla a lot of people give him shit. You're platforming people. So what? So, yeah, maybe he's he would get a lot of shit for having Alex Jones on. And we go, why, why are you giving Alex Jones a platform? And I don't hate that. I'm a huge Rogan fan, not a big fan of Alex Jones. But I'm not afraid of listening to him or I'm not afraid of broadcasting what he's saying. Look, if someone has a bad idea, the best way to beat a bad idea is with a good one. So I, I don't buy into that whole platforming crap. No, if you have a... Don't be afraid of ideas, even if they're bad ones. Don't be afraid. Being a Nazi was a, a, a big, uh, they thought it was a good idea in Germany. And then we brought the bullies and told them that's a bad idea. The bullies. No. <laughs> no, being a Nazi was a popular, it was a big idea one time. And we beat that with what? A better idea. Like, no, that's not a good idea, guys. So that's how you beat bad ideas. So I'm not afraid of listening to Alex Jones. I don't think I'm going to. I think that's what most people think. If you platform someone. They're going to influence people. Well, if, if someone's fucking. Can be influenced that easily just by listening to someone or watching someone. They're fucking idiots anyway. We can't protect them. We can't protect the stupid people.
just because they're easily influenced. I remember how hard they went after poor Joe Rogan. I actually wrote a blog about this. So if you're into that whole thing, you can check that out on my website, theeliazo.com. But I wrote a blog about how Joe Rogan was sort of leaning into being a little bit alt-right. He was being, I think he was being consumed by his audience. They were sort of influencing him. Talking about influence, check this out. So Rogan endorses Bernie Sanders for president and the left wing liberal media goes after him, calls him racist, calls him transphobe, homophobic, every obic you can call someone, they called him that. And he's like, fuck. Like, I'm with you guys. I'm liberal. Like, early on, Rogan, when he first started his podcast, he was clearly as liberal as can be. He's like this pot-smoking hippie. You know, he believes in gay marriage, all that stuff. But when he endorsed Bernie Sanders, the left wing went after him hard. And there was some ugly stuff like that video of him saying the N-word 20-something times surfaced. And he apologized for that. But, yeah, the left wing went after him hard. They were trying to cancel him. Meanwhile, during this time, the right wing, like Fox News and right wing media, has his back. And they're supporting him. They're propping him up. And so he went from endorsing Bernie Sanders for president to Ron DeSantis today. That's who he endorses for president. And like, you don't have to be a political genius to say, hey, that doesn't add up. How the fuck do you go from Bernie Sanders, who's like a calls himself a democratic socialist? To Ron DeSantis, who's the governor of Florida, by the way, for those of you who don't know. A lot of people think he's going to run for president. And he's one of the front runners if Trump doesn't jump back into the race. And so, yeah, that's who Joe Rogan is endorsing for president. Now, and it's clear to me why. It's if the left wing hates me and the right wing loves me. Fuck it. I'd rather hang out with these right wing people instead of being called a racist and a transphobe and homophobe, all that stuff. Yeah, fuck that. Who wants to be with those people? So I think he's getting influenced by his audience, which is interesting. And he still runs like a skeleton he has a skeleton crew still it's not like this major like the howard stern show is like this major production fields and fields of producers it's jamie and joe rogan it's literally one producer and rogan anyway good for him shout out to joe rogan i just don't know if we'll ever get another one of those another joe rogan or someone who has that much of an audience. I was happy to see. I didn't know if scheduled TV programming was ever going to come back. But I was happy to see that the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, is is fucking killing it. I think they just got renewed. I think they did 10 or 11 million viewers last week for episode 2 or whenever that was. And that's that's killing it. That's like it broke like every fucking record. And I didn't know if we were ever going to get back to that. I thought it was all going to be like binge watching. But no. And then they're still doing that, by the way. Their HBO is still doing that where they release one episode on Sunday. They're not doing it like nowadays. Netflix and Amazon will just drop a whole series and let you watch it anytime you want to. No, that's not. HBO is still doing it the old way. And I love to see that. It was fun, man, when you used to all tune into the same show and then talk about it. I just don't know if we're ever going to... Again, I'm happy to see that HBO is killing it with House of the Dragon, but I don't know if we'll ever have a Rogan or a Howard Stern or someone who's got that who we're all watching and talking about the same thing 
Nowadays, we're all just following whoever we want. Okay. That's it, guys. Tell me in the comments below, what do you th think about it too? Do you want them to just give you the straight facts? Or do you want them to interpret those facts for you? Think about that. Let me know what you think. Comment, subscribe to stay up to date whenever we launch a new episode. Comment, all those things really help the algorithm and it helps support this show and uh, helps get the word out. So please give this a thumbs up, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Go to my website, check out that blog, and you could also subscribe there. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the notification bell to get updates on when we do anything on this channel. Please follow me on all social media platforms, The Eli Azo, and I will see you guys next time. Peace.